Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and get the best tasting protein bar you've ever had in your life, and it's covered with 100% chocolate. Do muscles make you a better quarterback and improve arm strength? That's the biggest question of the day, and this is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked on Jaguars. Gardner Minshew, folks, I have told people since last year that he wasn't some little scrawny dude that was chosen in the sixth round out of Washington State in person, that he had tree trunk legs, and when you got close to him, he didn't necessarily look like the type of dude that you wanted to piss off in a bar and have to meet him outside. I mean, the dude is the dude is yoked now. God has kind of got that that body like he's done time before. You know what I'm saying? Just like muscles, you know, just kind of a big guy. But does that translate to him having a stronger arm? I don't know if it does. Uh, people smarter than me can comment on that. But he lo- he definitely looks the part. He definitely does look the part. So we'll see if it translates, but I kind of liken it a little bit to I always like to compare football and boxing. In boxing, lifting weights doesn't make you a harder puncher. In fact, some of the hardest punchers in the history of boxing are guys that look like they couldn't punch. It's, it's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest dynamic because it comes down to speed, accuracy, technique, the way you pivot. And then some guys just have a natural one-hitter quitter. And they get their power probably, I don't know if they're big boned or whatever, but sometimes the guy that, that has that one hit or quitter just looks like a dude that doesn't have it, but he does. So football players are sort of the same way. I mean, you could see some big, strong quarterbacks, and, and while they do have velocity, and, and comparing a quarterback to an average person when you talk about how hard they throw the ball, if a guy's in the NFL, not the only guy I've ever seen in the NFL that did not throw the ball with way more velocity than anybody who is just walking down the street is capable of handling was Danny Werfel. Other than that, everybody I've ever seen in the NFL throws the ball harder than anybody, you know, that didn't really play football at a high level would be able to catch from 10 yards away. But we're talking relatively speaking amongst NFL quarterbacks, guys that have these hoses and guys that, that, that don't necessarily have them, that play with a lot of anticipation, and guys that, guys that play with more anticipation and, and really get the ball out. And Phillip Rivers is that dude, you know, never, never been accused of having the strongest arm. But then you got guys like, of course, at the top of the food chain right now, it's Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers that are just different. So uh, I've never really heard of someone bulking up in order to, to create more ability to uh, get the ball down the field and have more strength. Maybe what Gardner's doing is he's increasing his base so that uh, he can feel more comfortable standing in the pocket and won't get knocked off his line so much by a little bit of contact and he can stand taller and be able to really, really put a lot more behind his throws and really like sit down. They talk about sitting down on boxers sitting down on their punches. That means really digging their feet in and, and just driving the ball. So maybe that's what he's talking about and maybe that'll be something uh, that this offseason will help him. But he's yoked up, man. You know, he says he was 230 and then he probably shredded down to 225 and he's looking – a lot thicker and a lot more muscle. People won't talk about him being little anymore. You know, 225, 230 pounds is big for a dude that walks around at about six feet one. That's 
that's approaching Taysom Hill power territory. And um, good for him. Good for him and, and hopefully good for the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, we'll discuss that in a little bit more. What we're going to do is uh, take a look uh, at the Jaguars uh, a little bit deeper. Um, day two of getting beyond uh, Jay Gruden and his comments. Gardner's really, really taking the leadership role for this football team, and we'll talk about the ways that he's doing that and what effect it could have on other players on the offense, and we'll do that in just a second after this message from our friends over at BuiltBar.com. Folks, BuiltBar.com is where you go. Locked on is the promo code you use. $10 off of your first box is what you're going to get. Now, let me tell you about this product. 16 different types of protein bars that taste like candy bars. That mint, that mint brownie is my favorite ones, but they have eight with nuts, eight without. If you're trying to maintain weight and you're trying to work out, you need to get on this product right now because you can actually use it and you don't have the guilt that you have from eating food that actually tastes good while you're trying to maintain your weight or even lose some weight. You get that at BuiltBar.com with the promo code locked on. Use that, get $10 off your first box, and enjoy them while you're working out. And don't feel guilty, man, and keep eating good stuff and, and, and getting that good taste in you. And get a dose of protein, a nice fat dose of protein that will really, really help you uh, with your exercise. That's Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. It's a lot of coach speak that goes into when you're talking about a quarterback and his ability to lead. Quarterbacks and they lead, and, and, and you know everyone always talks about leadership. And last year, Nick Foles got himself in a bunch of trouble with Jaguar fans, and even in some of the media because it was almost too much coach coach speak, and almost too much talk about a shift in culture. I personally thought that sometimes people went a little bit hard on Nick because I think you give him the benefit of the doubt of a guy who of a guy who's won the Super Bowl and a guy who whose former teammates always thought of him as a, a really good leader. Here's where I think it went wrong. Where I think it went wrong is you're the new guy, you're making a bunch of money, you got hurt, all right? So you come back and you want to talk. You can't talk to the point where it sounds like you're, you're talking down to people as if you're trying to teach everyone in the organization, players, coaches, and even fans, how they're supposed to act and how they're supposed to conduct themselves based on you having four games of success with the Philadelphia Eagles and winning a Super Bowl. And I know ultimately you win a Super Bowl, that's a big deal. But nobody really before that looked at Nick Foles as a guy who could really discuss and talk about leadership and culture. And I think that when you add those two things together, along with the fact that your replacement was a kid that didn't talk that way, and he went 5-5 five and five while you were out. You know what I mean? Or whatever Gardner's record was when uh, Nick Foles was not the quarterback. And the, the players and the team, they seemed to, to be willing and ready to run through a brick wall for the, for the kid. And there was a level of enthusiasm that the fans had for him that they didn't quite frankly have for Nick Foles. So it's one thing to demand respect, but it's another thing to command respect. Now, obviously, some of that stuff, too, had to do with the pop culture caricature type icon or every man that 
it seemed like Gardner was this relatable figure, even with his dad, man. His dad is the same way. You know, it's just like, man, that's just that dude that you want to have a beer with. This is this regular guy who loves to spend time with his family, loves nature, loves going fishing, loves maybe having a beer and frying some shrimp and, and watching the game and listening to some good music. And he's relatable. He's relatable. And nothing fans love, there's nothing that fans love more than being able to relate to someone uh, that plays sports. Because deep down inside, they sort of sometimes live vicariously through these athletes. But it's, it's, it's gone a step further now. And what that is, is our, and I've always said this, and it's going to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to say it again anyway because I think it's appropriate, that Gardner Minshew at some point was going to have to start getting credit. And it's, it has nothing to do with him. But people were going to have to start giving him credit. Let me put it that way. Giving him credit for being a good football player and paying attention to his leadership and not putting that other stuff in front of the fact that he can actually play and he actually does know how to lead people. And you're starting now to see, because of the commitment that this organization has made to him, you're starting now to see him be able to do that and more and more, I mean, people joke around. I heard some dude the other day saying that Gardner should have done his workout with his shirt off, whatever. They want to hold on to that, and that's entertainment, but that's fine. But a serious part of this conversation with Gardner Minshew is that the stuff that he's doing is actually tangible to this team winning games in the future. He's studying, which is something that we've had quarterbacks here in the past that they didn't do. He has courage. And I know people say that word is overused, not in the vernacular that I'm speaking of because we had quarterbacks that when they saw pressure, they folded in the past, guys that were picked very high. That's not the case with Gardner Minshew. He stares his stuff down the gun barrel and whatever challenge you put in front of him, he accepts it and he embraces it. And he has a, a built-in chip on his shoulder and that's a good thing, okay? But then he goes out and he actually puts in the work and he's forgotten that he was a six-round pick, and he should have. But he's really forgotten it now because I hear now what he's doing is he's telling guys, when we get back to Jacksonville, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do A, B, and C, and, and D. And e. we, 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 this is what we have to do in order to be good. He said something, and I saw a quote, and I can't remember. I want to credit whoever it was, but I can't remember where I saw it because I read so much stuff. Well, Gardner Minshew said that everybody should have a chip on their shoulder the way our season went. I'm paraphrasing. And I'm thinking, you damn right. I wanted to run through my, my computer screen when I saw that, and I wanted to put on a helmet. You damn right everybody should have a chip on their shoulder with the way the season went last year. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about security. I'm not talking about some false sense of hope based on uh, some laissez-faire commitment from the coaching staff. I'm talking about a dude that really sounds like he wants to freaking win. And he'll do it at all costs. And he'll do it no matter what somebody thinks about it. And you know what? He'll say, who's coming with me? And if you don't go, then I'll get somebody else to go, and we're going to do this together. That's what I mean by forgetting where he was picked. That's what I mean by understanding his position now. This is old saying we had in the military. Don't let your rank be confused with my authority. So Gardner's almost like, don't let where I was picked. Don't, let, don't get that twisted with what my role is now. What my role is now, I'm the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I am the leader of this team, okay? And this is how we're going to move, and this is how we're going to proceed. 
And for you to have that attitude as a second-year player, not to mention the guy that was picked late and somebody that people that really don't understand this team keeps writing off, to me, he's winning me over because those are the intangible things that I'm talking about. You know, the other stuff and, you know, the pop culture stuff and how he dresses and all that, that only goes so far. And, in fact, if you can't play, none of that stuff will mean a hill of beans. In fact, it'll start be a, a point of contention. It'll start getting on your nerves when people talk about that stuff if he can't play. It's almost like these great communicators. Great communicators are fine until you catch them in a lie. When you catch them in a lie, now it just seems like somebody who bloviates and just talks too much. You can't, you know, it, that's what happens. So it's all good, you know, until you lose credibility. Well, he's gaining credibility with this work ethic. Who can it benefit on the Jaguars football team? I'll tell you a few people that will benefit from it greatly, and I'll do that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars on a Thursday evening. Chark, DJ, dis discussed it yesterday. DJ Chark is going to be Gardner's best friend because DJ Chark is going to be one of those guys who's going to benefit from Gardner Minshew having the attitude that he seems to have. And I know we haven't played one game yet. We haven't played one down yet. We haven't gone on the field yet at all. So, you know, this is a Jaguars-related podcast. So while I'm being honest, I am going to be on the enthusiastic side. Lord knows there's enough in the news right now to make me want to – croak but I'm going to stick to this right now and give Jaguar fans something to take their mind off of a lot of these things that's going on but um, Chark the thing, one of the things that a, a young guy needs and a quarterback that, that has that chip on his shoulder he needs a buddy that works really really hard and that's humble and that wants to be great and to me that's who DJ Chark is I think DJ Chark is, is, is sort of a younger offensive version of a guy like Calais Campbell. And he, he's a little quiet. He, he's very deliberate when he speaks. He almost speaks with a little bit, a, a lot of emotion. He speaks with a lot of passion, but it has a calmness to it. It has a confidence to it. He won't let you put words in his mouth. He won't bite into too many like if you ask him a question and there's this hyperbole attached to it he won't really bite into that he'll always stick to the side of uh, humility and work hard and, and, and effort and not not to say that it's wrong with guys that do it the other way to have a lot of fun but for this situation I think with Gardner Minshew that's exactly what he needs he needs to be able to look up and he see a guy who's going to be where he needs to be every single time on every single play and it doesn't hurt that the dude is six foot four, two 215 pounds with a, with a great wingspan and really, really good speed. You add all those things together, and I think the only thing that derails that kid, and I'm not going to speak it into existence, is if he doesn't stay healthy. I think DJ Chark is going to be viewed at the end of this year as one of the top seven or eight wide receivers in the National Football League. I'm pulling for him. I really am pulling for him. Who else can benefit from him? I think guys on the offensive line can because now I think their job gets a little bit easier because now people respect Gardner Minshew's game and now they're going to look at him and realize that it's not a joke when they see the way his body looks and they see how he's preparing. I guarantee you there are a lot more people that have a lot more fear of him than they're letting on, especially teams within the division. 
at the end of the day, football coaches respect football players. And they respect guys that do the work. You can't tell me that the division rivals are not looking at Gardner Minshew thinking like, you know what, we might have a problem in Jacksonville. I'm telling you. All they care about is the bottom line. If he can learn to play on schedule the way he plays off schedule, it's a problem. And that will help the offensive line more. And here's why. Because now the offensive line, they don't have to worry about guys trying to just uh, rip and go around them all the time. People are going to be careful not to create those passing lanes. So you're going to probably see a strategy employed where, yeah, we're going to rush the passer, but we're really not trying to sack him. We're just trying to keep him in the pocket so he can't run. So that's inevitably going to make the offensive line look better because it's going to make it look like they're blocking more and like they've improved blocking. And I also think that even though I thought they should have added more players, I think there's going to be an increase in competition. I do think um, it could be something that bites them in the butt, the fact that they seem like they're going to commit to Norwell. They seem like they're, gonna, they're committed to Linda. They're committed to Juwan Taylor. I don't have a problem with two of those. The other three positions, I, 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 I'm not quite there yet. But they're committing the guys, and, and, and what those guys got to do, they got to step up. The Richardson and, and the uh, Cam Robinsons of the world. They, those guys have to step up. And this Barch kid, they're talking about playing right guard. Everybody has to step up, man, and do their part. And, I, you know, the reason why I thought that position should have been addressed more is because I look back yesterday at the 2000 season, I saw all those injuries, and you never, ever, ever know. You get one or two of them, and even if it's just for a two- or three-week period where somebody's battling an ankle strain or something like that or, 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 or battling some sort of injury where they're hobbled a little bit and they're not 100%, those can be the games that cost you a playoff spot. So that's why I do believe that they really, really should have gone out and addressed that position more, especially in the draft when they had so many draft picks. Uh, but they didn't, and uh, this is where we are. Leonard Fournette, I think Fournette benefits from it because now I think people respect the passing game more, especially with the addition of LaVishka Chenault, and I think they're going to have more weapons. They're going to have more options with Jay Gruden, the way he moves around players. I think he's going to manipulate things. I think Leonard Fournette, even though he may not have as many touches, I think he may get more long runs this year because he's going to see less people in the box. Now, a lot depends on his ability to make people miss, and that's one of the criticisms that people have had about Leonard Fournette over the years, but we'll just have to see. He's going to have to make that happen. A lot will be about how good of a shape he comes in, but he caught the ball really, really well last year, so the addition of Chris Thompson is going to help him too. And I wouldn't be surprised, and I've seen this from Jay Gruden, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some sets where you saw both of those guys uh, in the backfield together. I think they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets. They're going to run a lot of two back sets. They're going to run a lot of empties. We're going to have a lot of four wide receivers. Jay Gruden is going to mix this thing up to take advantage of Gardner Minshew's ability to survey the field and get the ball out quick. And I think they're going to try to put the other team at a disadvantage. Will it work? Maybe. We'll just have to see. But I think that's what the strategy is. And finally, who else can benefit from Gardner Minshew uh, if he makes the improvement that I think he's going to make? The defense. You know why? They won't be on the field as much. Gardner mentioned the fact that he wants to get off to quicker starts because the Jaguars trailed in 13 games last year at the half. So here's how you do that. You score more points in the first half, 
teams try to throw the ball more, when teams try to throw the ball more, that's when the pass rush, if the ball's in the air, it could get picked off. You don't want teams sitting there trying to run the ball down this, the, the, the throat of this football team, even though they're going to be improved with Joe Schobert at middle linebacker. You don't want all of that stuff in play because now you get play action. And you got a young secondary. And now you got, you know, the, the, the pass rushers have to sort of play on skates a little bit. You really want to get ahead to make the other team one-dimensional. So I think the skill position players I mentioned and the offensive, the, the defensive players that I mentioned. Last one, special teams. Because I think even if they don't continue to extend drives, what they can do is flip the field position more often than not. So you might not score on a drive, but if you get two first downs in a, in a drive, you flip the, the field position a little bit, you got a good field goal kicker who can hit it from St. Augustine, but you also have a pretty decent punter. And what that punter can do, he can place that ball and he can switch that field position up so that you're not playing on your third of the field or your two-thirds of the field as much and you're backing that team up so they have a longer way to go to drive the football. All of those things and all of these things will benefit each other if they're able to do it right. All right, so it's the Thursday, Thursday evening edition of Locked On uh, Jaguars. Check around, man, on the Locked On Network for all of our programming. Draft Dudes, Locked On NFL with uh, my man Williamson. He does a, a real good job. Peacock and Williamson, they do an absolute job, great job on Locked On NFL. Chad Ford, Chad Ford has a wonderful podcast on, uh, on the Locked On Network, so please check that out as well. Have your friends come along and have them Subscribe on Apple Tunes uh, and iTunes and on Apple and follow along on Spotify. All right, don't forget about going to Built Bar and trying out those great protein bars. Man, I'm telling you, you will not be sorry. BuiltBar.com and the promo code is locked on. Until next time, it's your man Tony Wiggins.